The service of prayer and preaching for the Holy Trinity, June 12, 2022. The opening hymn is LSB 470, O Sons and Daughters of the King. sons and daughters of the King, whom heavenly hosts in glory sing. Today the grave has lost its sting. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. At Easter morn at break of day, the faithful women went their way to seek the tomb where Jesus lay. Alleluia, alleluia. clad in white they see who sits and speaks unto the three your Lord will go to Galilee Alleluia 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 That night the apostles met in fear among them came their master dear and said my peace be with you here the tidings heard that they had seen the risen Lord he doubted the disciples word Alleluia 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 My pierced side faithless but believing me. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. No longer Thomas then denied, he saw the feet, the hands, the side. You my Lord and God, he cried, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. How blessed are they who have not seen 
And yet whose faith has constant been, for the eternal life shall win. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. On this most holy day of days, Lord and jubilee and praise to God your hearts and voices raise. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of the wicked. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Sanctify us in your truth. Your word is truth. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy will you draw water from the wells of salvation. And you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that his name is exalted. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the earth. Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitants of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. The Lord God is my strength and my song has become my salvation. 
reading from Isaiah the sixth chapter. It was in the year of the death of King Uzziah, and I saw the Lord high and lifted up, sitting upon the throne, and his hem was filling the temple. From above him seraphim were standing to him with six wings, six wings for each, with two his face was encased, and with two his feet was encased, and with two he flew back and forth. And this one called to that one and said, Holy, 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 Yahweh Sabaoth, the fullness of his glory is in all the earth. And the doorpost threshold trembled from the voice call, and the house filled with smoke. And I said, Ah, for me, because I am brought to silence. A man of unclean lips am I, and in the midst of an unclean lips people I inhabit. For the king Yahweh Sabaoth my eyes see, and flew to me one from the seraphim, and in his hand a glowing coal, in tongs he took from upon the altar. And he touched upon my mouth, and he said, Behold, this has touched your lips, and removed your guilt, and your sin is covered. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The introit is verses from Psalm 8. Blessed be the Holy Trinity and the undivided unity. Let us give glory to him because he has shown his mercy to us. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babes and infants you have established strength. When I looked at the heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings, and crowned him with glory and honor. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Blessed be the Holy Trinity, and the undivided unity. Let us give glory to him, because he has shown his mercy to us. A reading from Romans, the 11th chapter. O the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are His judgments, and how inscrutable His ways! For who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been His counselor? Or who has given a gift to Him, that He might be repaid? For from Him and through Him and to Him are all things. To Him be glory forever. Amen. This is... The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And a reading from John the third chapter. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. 
Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The Spirit blows where he wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus said, How can these things be? Jesus answered, Are you the teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know, and bear witness to what we have seen. But you do not receive our testimony. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Continue with the common responsory on page 263. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly set in the heavens. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Blessed are those who hear the word of God and keep it. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit. Lord, I love the habitation of your house and the place where your glory dwells. We continue with the Ten Commandments, the Athanasian Creed, and the Lord's Prayer. You shall have no other gods. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. The Athanasian Creed. Whoever desires to be saved must, above all, hold the Catholic faith. Whoever does not keep it whole and undefiled will without doubt perish eternally. And the Catholic faith is this, that we worship one God in Trinity and Trinity in unity, neither confusing the persons nor dividing the substance. For the Father is one person, the Son is another, and the Holy Spirit is another. But the Godhead of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit is one, the glory equal, the majesty co-eternal. Such as the Father is, such is the Son, and such is the Holy Spirit. The Father uncreated, the Son uncreated, the Holy Spirit uncreated. The Father infinite, the Son infinite, the Holy Spirit infinite. The Father eternal the Son eternal, the Holy Spirit eternal. And yet there are not three eternals, but one eternal. Just as there are not three uncreated or three infinites, but one uncreated and one infinite. In the same way, the Father is almighty, the Son is almighty, the Holy Spirit almighty. And yet there are not three almighties, but one almighty. 
So the Father is God, the Son is God, the Holy Spirit is God, and yet there are not three gods, but one God. So the Father is Lord, the Son is Lord, the Holy Spirit is Lord, and yet there are not three lords, but one Lord. Just as we are compelled by the Christian truth to acknowledge each distinct person as God and Lord, so also are we prohibited by the Catholic religion to say that there are three gods or lords. The Father is not made nor created nor begotten by anyone. The Son is neither made nor created, but begotten of the Father alone. The Holy Spirit is of the Father and of the Son, neither made nor created nor begotten, but proceeding. Thus there is one Father, not three fathers, one Son, not three sons, one Holy Spirit, not three Holy Spirits. And in this Trinity none is before or after another, None is greater or less than another. But the whole three persons are co-eternal with each other and co-equal, so that in all things, as has been stated above, the Trinity in unity and unity in Trinity is to be worshipped. Therefore, whoever desires to be saved must think thus about the Trinity. But it is also necessary for everlasting salvation that one faithfully believe the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ, Therefore, it is the right faith that we believe and confess that our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is at the same time both God and man. He is God begotten from the substance of the Father before all ages, and he is man born from the substance of his mother in this age, perfect God and perfect man, composed of a rational soul and human flesh, equal to the Father with respect to his divinity, less than the Father with his respect to his humanity." Although he is God and man, he is not two, but one Christ. One, however, not by the conversion of the divinity into flesh, but by the assumption of the humanity into God. One altogether, not by confusion of substance, but by unity of person. For as the rational soul and flesh is one man, so God and man is one Christ, who suffered for our salvation, descended into hell, rose again the third day from the dead, ascended into heaven, and is seated at the right hand of the Father, God Almighty, from whence he will come to judge the living and the dead. At his coming all people will rise again with their bodies and give an account concerning their own deeds. And those who have done good will enter into eternal life, and those who have done evil into eternal fire. This is the Catholic faith. Whoever does not believe it faithfully and firmly cannot be saved. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. <clears throat> Amen. Today is Trinity Sunday. It's the culmination of the festival season of the church year. From Advent to today, we hear and receive from God's Word the sacred mysteries of God himself, specifically who Jesus is and his work done for you. Today is a time to ponder the entire Trinity, the reality and position of the Godhead and you, his creation. What could we possibly say to begin such high thoughts and praise? Nothing better than his words given to us 
for us. Oh, the depth and the riches and the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. These words echo the questions raised by Zophar the Naamathite, one of Job's friends. Can you find out the deep things of God? Can you find out the limit of the Almighty? It is higher than heaven. What can you do? Deeper than Sheol. What can you know? Its measure is longer than the earth and broader than the sea. In answer to these questions, several proposals have been made. There are those who say there is no God. These are called atheists. For these, the questions are nonsense because who cares about finding out knowledge of something that doesn't exist anyway? More dangerous to the sinful nature of a Christian is agnosticism. Agnostics do not deny the existence of God. They believe there is a God. However, they believe that we cannot know him. This usually ends up with sinful man turning to creation to find God. It is here where we hear things such as, you know by God, you know God by looking at nature. God is found within every blade of grass or the eyes of animals or looking deep within yourself or even known by how you see or act with others. For the agnostic, the confession can be summarized in this way. There may be a God, even a personal God in the Christian sense, but we cannot know him. If we worship at all, it can really only be like the ancient Athenians where an altar was an erected to an unknown God. The agnostic view is a dangerous heresy that pulls at many Christians. It often is posited as modern and enlightened. The concept of God is too large, too vast, too impossible to grasp. So maybe we should boil God down. It is an attempt to boilerplate God. Just like a king-sized candy bar is too large to eat in one sitting without getting sick, so we attempt to make God smaller and smaller until all that is left is bite-sized trinity. Trinity Sunday brings us out of our miniaturizing of God attempts and recalls the larger reality. God is not just a king-sized candy bar. He is even greater than the factory that Charlie and Grandpa Joe could fathom. The first commandment requires fear of God, proper fear of God. The explanation in the catechism to the first commandment is we should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. Each subsequent explanation begins, we should fear and love God so that... The fear of God in the Old Testament is always associated with the proper worship of God. It is why wise Solomon writes, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. Fear of God is extremely important. It's no small reason why it is listed first. When people no longer fear God, they are capable of every kind of atrocity imaginable. God makes it abundantly clear just who man is when there is no fear of God. None is righteous, no, not one. No one understands. No one seeks for God. All have turned aside. Together they have become worthless. No one who does good, not even one. Their throat is an open grave. They use their tongues to deceive. The venom of asps is under their lips. Their mouth is full of curses and bitterness. Their feet are swift to shed blood. And their paths are ruin and misery. In the way of peace they have not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. When the fear of God is diminished or replaced, the standard of right and wrong becomes whatever the sinful flesh 
and selfish will can dream up. Simply put, when there is no fear of God, all hell breaks loose. True fear of God relies on mercy. It trusts in mercy. It lives from mercy. The text from Romans 11 this morning formed the conclusion of St. Paul's masterful treatment of the doctrine of grace, also known as the doctrine of election. To elect is to choose. God's grace is God's choice. God chooses to be merciful, and everything depends on that gracious choice. If you have God's mercy, you are rescued from every danger to body and soul, possessions, and reputation. If you do not have God's mercy, you are under his judgment. You are a lost and condemned creature without any merit or worthiness. Everything depends on the grace of God. I know to whom I am speaking. The sinful flesh still clings to each of you, myself included. To hear it all depends on God's grace goes against the grain. We are Americans, where at least I know I'm free. Who are you to talk to me like that? Our sinful nature would rather be God's boss. I would rather sit in the judgment seat and tell God the way things should be. It's much more seemingly attractive to my flesh to give God instructions on how to be God. Sadly, we see this in many denominations, changing God's word, removing portions of it, changing pronouns, anything they can dream to twist the Bible to back up their sinful desires. But these things should make us first look to ourselves. Most of us will piously assert that we want instruction, but as soon as the divine instruction challenges us at our very core, we resist and we start telling God what's what. It's easier to turn our backs and close our eyes to God's word while speaking what we think we remember, what the truth is, or at least what makes me feel better. Our gospel lesson is a good example of this. Nicodemus knew that Jesus was a faithful teacher. He didn't yet understand that Jesus was the eternal Son of God. He was ready to be taught, but not openly where his colleagues could see him. He went to Jesus at night in search of wisdom. Jesus told him he had to undergo a new birth. He had to be born again from above by the power of the Holy Spirit, or he would never see the kingdom of God. Brothers and sisters in Christ, when we meet God, it must be on his terms. We don't make our own rules and require God to follow them. We don't negotiate with God as to how he and we will relate. Our prayers don't convince God. He doesn't fear us. He doesn't bend to our will. God decides. He's God. He judges unbelievers and he is gracious to penitent sinners. He owes you no explanation for what he does and how he does it. God doesn't need to justify himself to you. You need God to justify you by grace alone through faith alone. Anyone who doesn't know that cannot know God. Oh, the depth of the riches and the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. God knows better than you and me. He's smarter than you and his judgments are fair, always. It is true. God has given us reason and logic. Using the reason and strength that God has given to us, there is much we can do. We can figure out how to raise better crops, make better cars, build better boats, bring about greater employment and improve technology. The human race has made astoundingly remarkable advances in technology in the past century. For all of the marvels and advances we have made, there is one we have never figured out, the mind of God. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? God's not a machine that you figure out. He's not a tool you use. He's not a problem you solve. He's not your student to teach. As Isaiah writes, Who has measured the spirit of the Lord? Or what man shows him his counsel? 
Whom did he consult and who made him understand? Who taught him the path of justice and taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding? Nobody. Nobody directs God. Nobody counsels God or instructs God. It is God who directs, counsels, instructs, teaches, and shows. Really, God owes nothing to anyone. He said to Job, Who then is he who can stand before me? Who has first given to me that I should repay him? Whatever is under the whole heaven is mine. Turn on the TV or the radio, pick up a newspaper, scroll through Facebook or Twitter, listen to conversations that people have, listen to your heart and mind. Still, sinful humanity presumes to put God on trial. The hungry children, the fight over abortion and adoptions, wars, disease, flooding, drought, uh, blatant injustice and ongoing suffering, these are all raised up to God as solemn charges of neglect, as if he is responsible for the evils produced by those who hate him. Today is Trinity Sunday. Who cares about the Holy Trinity? Who cares that God is triune? Who cares that God is one in essence and three in persons? Christians care. Christians who fear, love, and trust in God care. Christians who have been born again by the washing of holy baptism care. Christians who have seen the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit where Jesus was lifted up on the cross care. But nobody else cares. They don't want to know whether God is triune. How will that feed their bellies, fill their bank accounts, provide them with a decent job, or fix their personal problems? So the Holy Trinity is tossed aside in favor of God as the heavenly aspirin tablet. But you know better. God has opened your heart and ears through his word. You won't put God on trial because you know that the source of all misery, injustice, pain, and sorrow in this world is your own sin. And that sin lies deep inside of your corrupted hearts. It's your doing, not God's. It's your fault, not God's. You are to blame for whatever it is that ails us in the world around us, and we know better than to question God's ways and judgments and paths. You know instead to throw yourselves before him as guilty sinners pleading to God for mercy. You fall at his feet. Most merciful God, I am by nature sinful and unclean. I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. You should expect to hear him say, you get nothing. Good day, sir. But oh, how merciful and gracious he is. For from him and through him and to him are all things. Everything good is of him from the Father of all lights, the source of all goodness, mercy, love, and truth. He who is in eternity is of him is none other than Jesus Christ, our God and Lord. But it is necessary for everlasting salvation that one faithfully believe the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is the right faith that we believe and confess that our Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is at the same time both God and man. He is God begotten from the substance of the Father before all ages, and he is man born from the substance of his mother in this age. Perfect God and perfect man, composed of a rational soul and human flesh, equal to the Father with respect to his divinity, less than the Father with respect to his humanity. Although he is God and man, he is not two, but one Christ. One, however, not by the conversion of the divinity into flesh, but by the assumption of the humanity into God. One altogether, not by confusion of substance, but by unity of person. Though he knew no sin, he became sin for us. He became man and dwelt among us. He spoke of God's judgments. He revealed God's ways. He taught God's mind. 
what the world couldn't find by its own ingenuity, hard work and cleverness, the word made flesh revealed, no one has ascended into heaven, except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, and whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Look where the Son of Man is lifted up. Look where the Father's eternal Son, who has become our brother, is nailed to the cross. Israel rebelled and put God on trial. They stood in judgment of their Creator, Redeemer, and Sanctifier. God sent poisonous snakes to punish them. They were dying in the desert of the poisonous venom. They confessed their sins and begged Moses to intercede. He did. God told him to put a bronze serpent on a pole and lift it up for Israel to see. Everyone who looked at the serpent on the pole would live. The poison would not kill them. This was a sign for us. God says that everyone who believes in Jesus lifted up on the cross will not perish but have eternal life. Don't try to figure out how God can be and do what he is and does. Instead, look to Jesus on the cross. See him suffering the punishment for your sins, paying the debt that you owe to God, and by his holy death, taking away all of your sins. Look to the cross and live. There is your God. There is the Father of whom all that is good in this world comes. There is the Son, through whose obedience and suffering we are forgiven of all our sins and made fit for heaven. There is the Holy Spirit, to whom all credit for our faith must be given, for without his gracious power we would remain dead and blind and helpless in our sins. There, as Jesus is lifted up for us all, is the revelation of the true and only God. For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Office hymn LSB 765, God Moves in a Mysterious Way. God moves in a mysterious way His wonders to perform. He plants His footsteps in the sea And rides upon the storm. Judge not the Lord by feeble sense, but trust him for his grace. Behind a frowning providence, faith sees a smiling face. His purposes will ripen fast, unfolding every hour. The bud may have a bitter taste, but sweet will be the flower. Blind unbelief is sure to err and scan his work in vain. God is his own interpreter, and he will make it plain. You fearful saints, fresh courage take, 
the clouds you so much dread are big with mercy and will break in blessings on your head. In peace let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For the gift of divine peace and of pardon with all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the holy Christian church, here and scattered throughout the world, and for the proclamation of the gospel and the calling of all to faith, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this nation, for our cities and communities, and for the common welfare of us all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather and for the fruitfulness of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who labor, for those whose work is difficult or dangerous, and for all who travel, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all those in need, for the hungry and homeless, for the widowed and orphaned, and for all those in prison, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick and the dying, and for all those who care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Finally, for these and for all our needs of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Almighty and everlasting God, you have given us grace to acknowledge the glory of the eternal Trinity by the confession of a true faith and to worship the unity in the power of the divine majesty. Keep us steadfast in this faith, and defend us from all adversities. For you, O Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, live and reign one God, now and forever. Amen. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them that by the patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Christ has been raised from the dead. Alleluia. Alleluia. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Raised from the dead, he will never die again. Death has no more dominion over him. Christ has been raised from the dead. Alleluia, alleluia. Dying, Christ dies to sin once for all. 
living, he lives to God. Count yourselves as dead to sin and alive to God. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Christ has been raised from the dead. Alleluia. Alleluia. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve us. Amen. We sing him LSB 802, Immortal, Invisible, God Only Wise. Immortal, invisible, God only wise, in light inaccessible, hid from our eyes, most blessed, most glorious, the ancient of days, almighty, victorious, thy great name we praise. Unresting, unhasting, and silent as light, nor wanting, nor wasting, thou rulest in might, thy justice like mountains high soaring above, thy clouds which are fountains of goodness and love. To all life thou givest, to both great and small, in all life thou livest, the true life of all. We blossom and flourish as leaves on the tree, and wither and perish, but not changes thee. Great Father of glory, with your Father of light, thine angels adore thee, all veiling their sight. O Lord, we would render, O help us to see, tis only the splendor of light that hides thee. 